Good morning, beautiful people. Welcome to MJAC Conversations. I'm your host for today, Jeremy Zacharias. Joining me today is Daniel Nelson and Trevor DeVries. So, gentlemen, good to have you guys. Hello, good to be here. So, uh, how's your week been so far? We've been uh, continuing on. Uh, sports are opening up this this week, uh, but uh, Trevor, uh, how are you doing this week with everything? Yeah, well, on sports alone, I took Darian for dinner last night to Montana's, yeah. and I didn't know hockey was back on, so all of a sudden I looked up and I saw Toronto playing Montreal, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh! <laughs> but no, uh, we're doing good. Um, we have a pretty busy two weeks going on right now. We're getting ready to go on vacation, hmm. um, so right now it's kind of like this mad dash to get everything done that yeah. needs to be done for us to be gone for a week and yeah so it's good but it's uh, we're both tired and ready to go to a cottage <laughs> yeah and then still making those final preparations make yeah. sure you you've packed your swim trunks and everything else that yeah. you got and totally. it seems like there's a little more preparations this year around too yeah well actually we found out yesterday and that's what i got to spend most of my day yesterday doing was uh westjet canceled all our flights mm. and didn't tell us <laughs> so i spent about five hours on the phone yesterday like so, yeah, <laughs> what are we doing? So, yeah, it's been Oof. hectic, but good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've had some good conversations. I stopped by your house yesterday, and yeah, it's just kind of nice to see people and chat and sit. So, yeah, it's yeah. good. That was that was good. Uh, Daniel, what about yourself? In the last couple of weeks have been pretty good. My wife just got home yesterday. She was gone. She was in Banff. For about five, six days, her and a friend had a little vacation there. Yeah. We have an uncle out there. It's on her side, and he manages a hotel in Banff. They live mm-hmm. out in Canmore, so yeah. she got to spend some time with them and see some of her cousins, and it was just really great. She mm-hmm. didn't get much of a break during COVID time like I did or like some of us did, so for her to be able to go away for almost a week was really nice. Mm-hmm. So I stayed home, played a bunch of golf, went to work, and ate frozen pizza. Yeah, it's like the life of a bachelor but when she got back it was so good i was like oh man i'm not cut up for being a bachelor anymore yeah, you yeah. have ruined me for a life of singleness yeah yeah, yeah. this show's over you, did you have the red rose for her too yeah well this morning we want to jump into a conversation picking up off uh some things that mark and marley were were mm-hmm. twigging for us last week it was such a good episode if you haven't listeners if you haven't been able to to listen to that you need to go over to uh, wherever you're listening to this one now and and give that one a preview but one of the things that they talked about was spiritual growth and just this idea of how do we grow spiritually that I I felt so relevant with our our conversations lately not only in Mm. where we're at Sunday mornings in 1st John Mm. uh, but also where we've been and and also our conversations in this space Um, and piggybacking off this idea of what does spiritual growth look like in our lives? Uh, I'm a, and I have to admit, I'm a little bit curious in this conversation because I was yeah. uh, pastoring around a few years back when a study came out from a church, a pretty big one down in the States, uh, that they studied about uh, 200 or so evangelical mm. churches, including our own sister church up in Circle Drive Alliance in Saskatoon, mm. around this question of how do people grow? And their basic assumption, beginning this this study that they hired folks for to do for them was the longer you sit your your butt in a pew, whether it's Sunday morning or other church activities, you will grow. Mm-hmm. And they found that was actually very untrue. Mm-hmm. And they found there was a, a number of different things that contributed to spiritual growth. 
Uh, and I'm just curious for you guys, uh, we'll unpa- yeah. unpack that in a little moment, but what are your stories? Was there something that was impactful in your own journey that helped you grow and take that next step in your own spiritual journey? Man, so I'll get real personal here. For a long time growing up, I had a big problem with pornography. Hmm. And later on, I learned that that was just a manifestation of a lot of unhealthy emotional practices that I had and a lot of pain Hmm. in my life. And so I joined a program for recovery from that. This would have been back in maybe 2015 when I first started this, so about five years ago now. And it was a 12-step program. If you're familiar with that, it's a lot of introspection. It's a lot of trying to right the past wrongs that you've done. It's forgiving people who have wronged you. It's intentionally seeking out people who you've wronged and have tough conversations with them. Mm -hmm. And I went through this process with both of my brothers. And it was an incredibly rewarding, rich experience. And I saw God move in really significant ways there. I saw God move in my own life, in healing relationships, in giving us the fullness of life that I believe that he has for us. So mm. it's it started for me with being really vulnerable. And if you if you look at the Bible, it's just obeying what Jesus said. Like mm. try to obey his commands, try to live well, try to take responsibility for your mistakes, apologize when you're wrong. And this led to like a lot of really uncomfortable conversations. So I would go back to people that I hadn't seen in three or four years and I'd have to like this has been laid on the heart by my Lord, by the Lord, that I had wronged them in some way or that I had been mistreating them or something like mm. that. And so I'd call them up kind of out of nowhere and say, hey, do you remember when I treated you like this and like this and like this? And like, I'm sorry for that. That was really bad of me to do. Mm. And mm. I felt, you feel like kind of this light, this uh, release after that. But throughout the process of recovery, it was super challenging because in this introspection, in this time, I would sit in a chair and try to think back of all the bad things that I've done in my life, which is like yeah. a pretty traumatic, it's pretty <laughs> difficult. I've done a lot of bad stuff in my life that I'm not proud of. Yeah. And, and then I, it would come to me and I'd think, oh man, another, like, and another event would come back and I'm like, oh gosh, mm. I have to apologize to this person. I have yeah. to talk about it. I have to tell them that I've messed up or done something wrong. And I think, oh, Lord, please don't make me do it. I don't want to do it. And it's like I'm resisting. But the more I would submit to that leading of the Holy Spirit, then the more growth I found. And that also influenced then my future behavior to think like, okay, don't mistreat people because your conscience is going to get you. And then mm-hmm. you're going to have to go apologize to them. Mm. And I hated doing that. It's so yeah. difficult. It's so tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then I would try to act in ways that made it so I didn't have to apologize as often yeah. as before. Hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for... for Going there and, and holding that space open for us to talk with Dan, Daniel, that's, that's really, really impactful too. I, I want to dig into some, some of uh, what you said, but I want to give Trevor some time here too. Yeah. Is there anything you want to speak to this, this question, Trevor? Remind me of the question. I was watching Levels. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just this question of what is it that helps us grow spiritually? Has oh, there yeah. been anything yes, yes. specific that you've noticed in your own journey? Um. I was thinking about this question last night, and it's interesting. So if you've ever worked with me in the worship aspect, uh, you've probably heard me say, um, I, bring my, I bring my past experiences, yeah. and that's what I build off of. And I, th- I was thinking about that, and um, in, in the teenage years of my life to where I am now, when I think about spiritual growth, a lot of it has been, um, a lot of it has come from all of a sudden you find yourself in this, like, not dark place, but all of a sudden when the crisis hits, Hmm. um, usually that's when you see either growth or you completely implode. 
Yeah. And it's actually been in those moments where I've been plugged in in church where all of a sudden you have friends and stuff beside you that kind of just pick you up and dust you off and say, hmm. here's where, like, here's what's up. Like, yeah. um, here's who we're following. Here's what he says. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of spiritual growth for me has been like, who's, who's around you? Like, hmm. who are you talking to? Cause if you're just Oops. holding it all in and thinking you're going to grow on your own, yeah. it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Not only for guidance, but also just for community along the journey. Yeah. Hmm. So that's been a lot of mine has been awesome people beside me Mm -hmm. um, that we've just experienced life together for the good and the bad. Yeah. 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 I I found it intriguing. I I mentioned this this study. It's uh, titled Reveal. And then the follow-up one is called Follow Me. Mm -hmm. Um, And what they found out was they divided people who attended church into four categories. The first, uh, those who are um, exploring Christ Mm -hmm. and... Uh, if you're a church person, you might call them uh, a non-Christian at this point. They, you know, they're curious about who this Jesus guy is, but not quite sure what that means for them. Hmm. Um, and then the second category would be discovering Christ. Maybe, you know, in church terms, said a prayer or whatever. Hmm. Um, sometimes those terms aren't helpful. But uh, then the next categories were following Christ and Christ-centered. But the interesting thing for me out of this study was that initially, uh, in those first couple categories, a dynamic worship service, the this, this Sunday morning stuff, and feeling like you're welcome and belong, uh, are pretty key things to mm-hmm. help you, you grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. But the further you grow, there's a transition that happens, and not everyone makes that transition totally. uh, into developing friendships, uh, kind of like what you talk about, Trevor, of of being able to to walk with you and alongside you and, and some guidance pieces and move into some mentoring relationships first as a me- as being mentored, but then as mentoring others. Um, and it's really fascinating. There's some spiritual practices that we can do to go along with it personally, yeah. as well as communally to go along with it, as well as what we want for our church. And it just kind of makes me think of... Yeah of our journeys that, um, that there, there actually should come a point where we need to gather people around us. And especially in this season, going through first John, where John is so interested Mm. in connecting our relationship with God to our relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. We need each other in this journey. We need each other to grow. And it just struck me as, as, Mark and Marley were talking, but even listening to you guys today mm-hmm. too, about the things that have impacted you has been moving with more intentionality and engagement into those relationships, not only yeah. with God, but with each other as well yeah. too. Um, it, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So um, even some of the, what, what you were saying, Daniel, of uh, moving into some of the hard work of having to go back and, and call people. Uh, some of who may not have even been aware of what was going on inside of you mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminds me of some of the river practices that we've been doing at MJAC, but also this intentionality of stepping further in to relationships with each other, with authenticity, mm-hmm. uh, vulnerability, and, and authentic community. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find that for you moving forward? Did people respond well to that? Was was it what they were expecting or anticipating? Was it what you were expecting or anticipating? 
I didn't really know what to expect. It was, I just kind of knew that it was the right thing to do and I threw myself into it and said like, okay, Lord, if this is what you're leading me into, then I trust that it'll be for the best. With my relationship with my brothers, it led us to a brand new relationship. Growing mm -hmm. up for the first like, 20 years of my life-ish, they were just people that lived in the same house as me. And sometimes we would hang out together and sometimes not. We would never have deep conversations. And then after going through the steps together with them, they are two of the closest people in my life to mm -hmm. me. So my one brother, he moved to Taiwan right now. He's there with his wife and they're teaching English. And my other brother lives in Cairnport still. And so him and I, we hang out quite a bit and we tell each other about the significant events in our lives. Mm. And other than that, so we would have those kinds of conversations. Like, hey, growing yeah. up, you consistently treated me like this and I didn't like that. It made me feel like this and like this. And then mm. that person would probably apologize and then also say, hey, when you treated me like this, it made me feel like this and this, and then I wanted to avoid you or something like that. But then we were able to restore those relationships hmm. to where now that when we have a grievance against one another, it's like really quick that we'll bring it up. We'll say like, mm -hmm. hey, I think you were a little bit rude with me here. Or most often it's us apologizing and saying, hey, I think that I treated you wrongly here and I'm sorry that I did that. Yeah. And because we have this posture of vulnerability and willingness to take responsibility and admit when we're wrong, then it just makes being with them easier mm -hmm. yeah yeah um that reminds me even just of, of tristan's message uh previously to yours and just how connected they were uh together this this theme of our relationships with each other really does make an impact mm -hmm. it really is this um spotlight almost revealing mm -hmm. um the the depth of our relationship with god Oftentimes I, I try to think in terms of my relationship with God is one line mm -hmm. between me and him alone. Mm -hmm. uh, and my relationship between me and others is another line that doesn't inter intersect between me and God. Mm -hmm. And uh, hearing both you and, and Tristan speak in these last couple of weeks kind of challenged me to think about how interconnected they actually are. Mm -hmm. They aren't separate. They actually yeah. they are one and the same. Yeah, I think it was Brian, when he was preaching through Matthew, said something like, you can't have a right relationship with God if you don't have a right relationship with others. Hmm. And that stuck with me. And I think, yeah, that's true. That's why God says, if you realize that someone has something against you, then like, go to them, talk to them first, and then come to me and pray. Hmm. You, you can't come to me first if you have something against them that you're not dealing with. Yeah. 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 Hmm. What's going through your head? Yeah, like I kind of, that just brings me to this. There's this thought there where it's like, so we're all made in the image of God. Yeah. Um, when you get to, when you get to the new, like there's just, the whole thing is filled with, we are his um, advocates. We are his image. We are. And it's funny because when you switch your mindset there, because, so what would be an example without getting me in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> like people, there, we all have personality traits. Yeah, and there's certain traits that to to some, like to one person where that's their strong suit to another person that might drive them insane. Yeah, um, and it's interesting because in the most this might be a stretch. Correct, me, pull me back in if I'm wrong. <laughs> but when we look at people, we we do see our creator in personality in like in and it's yep. interesting because if you switch your if you switch your mindset from oh you annoy me to just like wow that's really cool that like. I'm, the reason I'm trying not to get myself in trouble is like I'm terrible at um, oh, um, 
I'm terrible at administration. I'm terrible at like fine, fine details. Yeah. And when you put someone in a room with me that is just like hammering down on a little piece of it because in their head it needs to be right. Like it, it drives me you. up. It drives me up the wall. Yeah. And then when you flip your mindset on that, it's just like, okay, wait, but God is a God of order and yeah. And it's, just, it's, it's a stretch, but you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. man. <laughs> well, C.S. Lewis himself was the guy who said that next to uh, God himself and the Holy Spirit work within you, the person beside you yeah. is the closest image and representation of God yeah. to you. As being made in the image of God, the person beside you actually mirrors and models to varying degrees God himself. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a big thought to wrap our, our yeah. minds around. Kind of a game and, changer. <laughs> yeah. But then they say, so this person beside you who is just annoying you with details. Um, Please don't get me in trouble, people. <laughs> if you are detail oriented, I love you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please come please come help with worship. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it changes something within us yes. in our perspective when we view them uh, not through the lens of our irritability, yeah. but through the lens of they are, yeah. They are an embassy, a representative of God Himself. Yeah. And there is something that God wants to teach me through them. And maybe if I'm irritated, this is this is me speaking for myself. Where, where <laughs> I'm learning to realize, maybe if I'm irritated by something, mm. that actually speaks more to me. Yeah. To what's going on within me. Yeah. And some of the things that I need to address and confess and and work on. Totally. Not as much on them. Yeah. It's funny when you break it down, because even speaking of this, it's like half the time when I'm going nuts over over something like that, um, it's usually because there's stuff going on in my own life that mm. I know I probably should be paying more attention to detail. Mm. And then we get to that point and I'm just like, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So like, yeah. like there's always underlying things going on there, which is just interesting. Yeah. yeah. What about yourself, Daniel? Could you repeat the question? <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit of a rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just find this fascinating that just this idea of how tied our relationships are between God and each other. Yeah. And I find the more I think on this, the more I allow Jesus to speak to me on this, mm-hmm. sure. the more he reveals that I'm a, I'm a guy, and, and I, I think we've got some similarities, But so I'm really curious. I'm a guy that grew up wanting to be a hermit, mm-hmm. wanting not to be around people because they just bugged me so much, um, or I was just in my mind so much, mm. um, or fill in the blank. Uh, there's probably a few different reasons. Uh, and I'm realizing that although I am wired in such a way to get my energy from being by myself more often than not, Mm. I miss out Mm. when I'm not with people. And that's been driven home during this COVID season uh, even further, that there is something I miss out when I'm not with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm, and even more than that, when I'm not open to learning from them and their perspectives. And when I close off and think I'm the expert, that I can do me and Jesus just fine on my own. I don't need anyone else around me. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if I'm, I'm asking you a question as much as I'm, I'm curious. What, where are you in that journey? Where is your uh, expression of that line between you and others and how it intersects and relates to your relationship between you and Jesus? 
over the past few years, especially, I've been struck by how much of the New Testament is geared toward unity together. If you look at the book of 1 Corinthians, you could say that the major theme in that is unity and that there's people saying, oh, well, I was baptized by Paul, I was baptized by Apollos, I was baptized by this guy, and they're trying to separate themselves into factions. And then Paul is saying, no, you're supposed to be unified, you're supposed to be together. And same thing in Ephesians, the second half of that book is all about oneness and living together. And Galatians, it's about like doctrine and guys get your doctrine straight so that you can live together and you're mm. trying to keep people out that shouldn't be kept out. So be together. And yeah, you look at the great commandment and the great commission. So go out, tell other people about it and like love God, love others. That's kind of the thing. And so if we think that we can just isolate it to just love God and that's it, it's, that doesn't work like that. Mm. As a bit of an aside, that's the problem that I have with the early desert fathers who would say, yeah, I'm just going to go peace out into the desert and live by myself and that way I'll get close to God. It's like, well, I think God's kingdom is more like that there's something missing there that you need to be able to reach out to other people in the midst of that in order for you to really do what Jesus is asking you to do. Yeah, yeah. Because even just thinking through, now I'm going to get big picture for a moment because that's where my brain went. Yeah. Uh, we want to mirror and model God himself. And he created people. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the middle of this desert of darkness that he had, he said, this wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. I want to live in community. And so in the image of a God who is himself communal, he created people in community in themselves. That just blows my mind every time I I think on that. And and allow myself to think some of those implications. Mm -hmm. What does that now mean for my life? Um, I know... Uh, Tristan was speaking explicitly to that, but even in your sermon, Daniel, where you, you took it the, the step further and talked about how this integrates with truth. And in your section of First John, you were talking about uh, where is this relationship between truth and fellowship? And a lot of times we think of them as two things that are on polar opposites. I need to be truthful yeah. or loving and in fellowship. And I remember growing up thinking that these were polar opposites that, that never did mix. It was oil and water. Hmm. And you kind of challenged us on that a little bit more. Was there anything more that you want to, to speak into that? Of how did that impact you preparing for that? Hmm. For me, it's difficult to tie things back or to go back without tying things back to my experience in the program and with my brothers, especially going hmm. through the steps. So... We would talk about the need to be authentic and the need to be vulnerable and that if you're not doing those things, then you're not going to be able to be truly loved and deeply loved so that you can be alone in a crowded room or you could have conversations with people, but they're just surface level and you don't get to the depth of things. Yeah. And that when you take the next step and you tell somebody, hey, like, I didn't like when you did this to me. Like, this made me feel really bad when you treated me this way or you said this to me or I don't like when you make fun of me or things like that that yeah. often go unspoken and people, and it's it's polite or it's socially, yeah. Yeah, it's socially uh, acceptable to not tell people the truth about these things and when really they leave an impact. So yeah. I would encourage people, like, be authentic. If something yeah. bugs you, talk to someone else about it. Yeah. Or it's, it's socially acceptable to blast them with both barrels, call it yeah. authenticity, but have no love. Sure. Yeah. No, yeah. no fellowship in it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you need both. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm 
I'm trying to like think like there's a difference between loving and being bl- like blatant. I know that's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, what was it? I remember at Briarcrest, there'd always be a warning when they do day of prayer and we'd get to confession. And it's like, <laughs> okay, this is not a time to go and tell someone that they hurt your feet. Like this isn't an opportunity for you to just blast someone. Uh, yeah. Like uh, true confession is. It's not a shotgun. It's an act of love. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I always remember just sitting there like, huh, mm. <laughs> like that's actually a really good point. Yeah. It, it reminds me uh, when Rachel was speaking on Ephesians, this phrase of truthing in love. Yeah. Out of Ephesians 4.16. Yeah. Uh, that truthing is a verb yeah. that we do. Uh, and love is, is the action yeah. that modifies it. Yeah. We are truthing in love yeah. with each other. Hmm. Um, the, other, the other bit you dropped, Daniel, in your message was you said, uh, it's not easy, but it's not complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what Jesus calls us to, and it reminds, the, reminds me of this whole conversation and even what you've already shared about your conversation um, uh, with your brothers as you hmm. moved into what, how do I address this pornography issue? I mean, it's not easy, but it's not complicated. And, and my initial reaction was I wanted to push against that a little bit <laughs> because uh, I, and I realized again, that was one of those things that I, w- I was reacting to something that I need to deal with. Yeah. I want something that is easy and not complicated. And and as you as you explain that and, and lean into that a little bit, it made me just realize I need to have a little talk with Jesus here. Mm-hmm. Um, why do I want something that is easy and simple and uncomplicated that doesn't cost me much? Mm-hmm. And if I want something that doesn't cost me much, what is the benefit that I'm getting? You, you get what you pay for, the old yeah. adage, right? Mm-hmm. Where Where does that lead me? Um, how did that land for you, Trevor? Uh, it's not easy, but it's not complicated. Yeah, it's definitely something that stuck. Even uh, reading again, like when you when you sent us kind of notes for today, and you wrote that out, and I found myself reading it again. And it's it's kind of it's sobering words, really. Mm-hmm. It's like it's kind of funny because so often, even like when you talk to, if you're rubbing sw- uh, shoulders with someone that isn't of isn't a Christian. Like there's almost this mindset of like, Oh, being Christian means this, 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 like there's yeah. this great big long list of this is who you are. Yeah. More of these lists of do's and don'ts yeah. often. And it's interesting cause like a, a lot of times and like I try to avoid sounding like a hippie when I say this, but I'm like at the end of the day, if you break it all down, we're called to love mm-hmm. and not the word love that the world knows. Hmm. I'm like, cause I think we've watered this word down. We don't know what it means. I love either. ice cream, I love peanut but butter. I love my wife. And it's like... Yeah. Those are not the same. Yeah. It like, should not be the same. Um, so a lot of times when I'm talking to someone I'm, uh, and they ask questions, and this is where that, that phrase brought me, it's just like, okay, if you, if you pull away all the noise, what is, what is left? Like, what, is, what am I building my faith? What am I building my relationship on? Hmm. Uh, what is flowing out of me from this relationship? Because yeah. if it's malice, if it's jealousy, if it's, then I need to go back to the drawing board. And that's where we go to the the easy like it's it's easy but not complicated easy but not complicated sorry I'm getting my words it's not up. easy it's, it's not, not easy but not complicated yeah and it's yeah for me it was just kind of like it was almost a wake up call to what what am I letting in there that's not supposed to be there hmm. into my what am I building my faith on yeah um, and I and I think that could be a be a weapon really. Um, yeah. add all this noise of you're not good enough or 
And it's just like, at the end of the day, we're called to the Great Commission. We're called to love. We're called to, I know that's a long 30,000 feet flyover, but that's kind of where I, that's where I'm at with it right now. It's just, yeah, Hmm. it's not, it's not complicated, but why do we make it so complicated? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was a ramble. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You're allowed one of those. <laughs> I'm two for two. Yeah. yeah. What about yourself, Daniel? It's not easy, but it's not complicated. Mm-hmm. How how did that resonate within you? Uh, once again, to tie things back to the steps, it ties me back to that for sure. And there's a line within some of the literature and books that we would read about it. And the line says something like, I was willing to do whatever it took to beat my addiction except what it actually took. Yeah. So it's like, we knew, we know that this is going to mean <laughs> apologizing to other people and owning your mistakes yeah. and bringing up your mistakes and then apologizing for it. But we think, man, there's got to be another way. Like, can't there yeah. be another way? Can't yeah. I just pray with God in my closet by myself and just say, Lord, make this right. And that makes it right. And he's saying, no, like, you've got to go out there and you've got to do it. Yeah. That's exactly what it takes. And yet we're so afraid to do that. And it's tough. And I think even in society and culture, it's culturally appropriate not to have those deep conversations and not to do that. And how many people have friends or people that they have around them that they're close to that they've never actually had a meaningful discussion with? I think too many. So we've Mm -hmm. we've watered down what it means to have community and relationship to just Mm -hmm. hanging out with someone and saying the things that are polite rather than true. Yeah, yeah. And again, instead of authentically engaging in relationships being authentic with each other is a necessary part mm-hmm. uh, of, a, of an authentic relationship mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah i mean again it's it's not easy but it's it's, it's so simple it's mm-hmm. not complicated either mm-hmm. yeah this also ties me back to what paul says in romans maybe seven i'm not exactly sure something like I do that which I wish that I didn't do and I don't do what I wish that I do. Like most of us know what we're supposed to do, but how many of us actually carry that out? Hmm. I think there's very few of us who are that disciplined or that holy. Most of us know where we fall short and yet we often consistently act in those ways. Yeah. And yet following Paul's conversation there... As the ceiling falls. Holy smokes. Uh, that just means the Holy Spirit is in this room. <laughs> um, I jumped. Yeah. <laughs> For all our listeners, the ceiling actually did fall. Yeah, we, we just lost a, thing a light cover. Anyway, um, that just means this, this point is more prevalent to, to push home. Uh, because when Paul is talking there, he's talking about trying to do things for our hmm. own effort. Yeah, yeah. And then he continues talking about how things change when we do things through the Holy Spirit, uh-huh. yeah. through his strength, through his gifts and his, um, his still small voice speaking to us. Uh, and that, that was where you landed on, on Sunday was that this is actually the spirit teaching us. We mm-hmm. don't need everything else because we actually already have the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who guides us, uh, and, and teaches us the truth and what to do about it. It's mm-hmm. not just head knowledge, but moving it to heart knowledge. Yeah. Um, and, and that just, just stuck out for me, uh, once again, um, it's just an interesting thought around, like, I'm sure we've all heard the, heard it before, but a couple times in my life, I can remember coming back to like, you listen to a sermon. It's like every day before you get out of bed and your feet touch the ground, hmm. like give the day to the Lord, invite the Holy Spirit to lead you yeah. and you do it for a week. And then you're like, and all of a sudden you're just back to, all right, just get me my coffee and get me out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it, it's, 
going on this theme of discipline. Yeah. Like we're not talking about one week. We're not talking about one year. Like yeah. this is a, this is a calling and a lifestyle. Yeah. And yeah. And to, the word that comes to mind is never, never let yourself go into autopilot. Hmm. Like to be conscious of, yeah, yeah. That's just kind of what I'm thinking about. Always be intentional and engaged. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough, and Satan's an enemy, and he's going to yeah. try to knock us off our course wherever he can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So if you do let your guard down, then he's going to take advantage of that. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, I want to thank you, gentlemen, for for having this conversation today. Yeah. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, before we before we uh, start to wrap up. Uh, I'm going to ask you to say the blessing for us and, and just say a prayer over us. Um, listeners, we've enjoyed having you along with this conversation mm-hmm. with us. We're going to take a break for the next couple of weeks. Trevor, you're off, off on holiday. Off to Muskoka. And uh, we want to thank you, especially for all your hard work you do yeah. in making us out as, as pretty as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a, a tough task. ability <laughs> with, with myself, I know. Um, but... Um, but we want to thank you for that and yeah. enjoy your time. And uh, we will catch you listeners back again in a couple of weeks from now. But uh, wherever you are, I invite you to, to pause for a moment, to calm your, your heart mm. and your mind for a moment and allow the spirit to speak to you and through the voice of Daniel. Daniel, would you please? Of course, let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for technology. We're thankful that even when we're not physically next to each other, that we can still be communicating with each other. I pray for myself and for all of these listeners that if you've put something on our hearts, that we would press into that, that you would encourage us to be authentic with each other, to live in community with each other, with vulnerability, with authenticity. And as John says at the beginning of his letter, that he's writing these things so that you'd have fellowship with one another and that you'd have fellowship with Jesus and fellowship with God at the same time. So we pray that you would be leading us into that. And we pray also for strength. We pray for your Holy Spirit to guide us, that we would live out the fruit of the Spirit, and that when Satan tempts us to behave in ways contrary to how God has instructed us to live, that through God's strength, we would be able to resist that temptation and instead follow Jesus. I pray for everyone listening to this that hopefully there's something to take away from this and we're thankful for this opportunity once again. I pray for everyone that we would have a good rest of our week, that we would stay safe and that we would feel the Holy Spirit close to us and feel God's closeness to us in these difficult times. Amen. Amen.